Welcome to the Field of Church podcast. Our church inhales and exhales the gospel every Sunday and is excited to bring our messages to you here. Thank you for joining us and we hope God moves in your life as you listen into this feed. So it's December 27th and, and I know what you're feeling right now. You're feeling the same thing I'm feeling right now. We're having a little bit of the melancholy after Christmas. You've opened all your presents, and if you're, you've got kids, your kids, your grandkids, whoever, they've opened all their presents, and there's pretty much nothing left underneath the tree except these little boxes right here, and you're about to find out those aren't all that great anyway. That's all you got left. You got some good presents, some not so good presents, and, and all that mayhem is done. And, and, and I know that your Christmas probably didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to look. You probably didn't get to get together with some of the family that you would have liked to have been with because of COVID, or even if you did get together with your family, you're just praying no one brought COVID with them and it doesn't spread. You won't even know for a few days and we're all worried about that. You probably ate a little too much food and you got a scale telling you there's extra poundage and you don't like it and I don't like it, but it all, it happened to every single one of us. It's, it's, it happens every single year. And, and with that extra poundage, we're about to enter into an even colder winter as we head into the point where we have to take down our Christmas decorations over the next few days, unless you're that dude who doesn't take your decorations down till February, but please don't be that guy. But for the rest of us, we're gonna take down our decorations. We're gonna, we're gonna start entering into this long breadth of season where there's not a major holiday. And, and really, we just, we get kind of blah. You know, we, we get melancholy. This is what I call the after Christmas blues. And and it hits every single one of us. But there's something unique about this year. So we might have the after Christmas blues on one side, but we also have a desire to be after 2020. We want this year to be over because so many of us have had one of the worst years of our life in 2020. I mean, it's a year none of us are going to forget, but all of us would like to forget. Just, Just think about some of the things that took place in 2020. Not only did we have a global pandemic where we had to all learn how to wear masks and social distance and wash our hands so much that our hands are cracking and breaking from the dryness and that's become the new norm. But on top of that, there's been all these spinoffs from it. So many people have lost jobs or had job furloughs and there's been so much tension because of the isolation. There's so much stock market fluctuations up and down. We don't know where it's going to land. There are some of you right now who've experienced some relational isolation and conflict because of it. We have a weird political landscape, an election that took place that had so much political turmoil. We've had some crises that have taken place with racism. It just seems like thing after thing. You top on them, there was was a a locust plague and murder hornets. I mean, anything you can think of took place in 2020. And there's a side where every single one of us just wants the year to be over. But I'm worried that we're going to end up missing the forest because of a few wilty leaves. I think there's some of us and and we're going to miss the big picture and think somehow that 2020 was a loss. But I, I want you to know God hadn't missed a beat in 2020. God has been totally in control. And I think we need to remember this because I'm scared we're going to put our hope in the wrong place otherwise. I think I think there are too many of us and we're of grave danger of putting all our hope in the fact that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. And we're just praying if I could just make it through 2020, I can wash my hands of it. I can move into 2021. It's going to be a better year. And here's why I'm worried. If 2021 ends up being worse than 2020, your little heart won't be able to handle it. And I want to make sure that you and I are not putting our hope in the wrong place. What I think we need is a little bit of perspective. 
And, and that's what this little present here is to help us out with, to give us some perspective. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you were able to pick these up, I want every single one of you family members to grab it. We're about to open it in one second. Now, if you weren't able to get one of these, don't worry. You'll be able to participate in this message like everybody else. But you're going to want to have a, a pad of paper and a pen for every person who's able to write and participate in that. Because at the end of the sermon, uh, you're going to have some writing instructions. So while I'm walking through the elements in this box, go run and get uh, some paper, pens for everybody who's there so you can participate a little bit later on. For those of you who were able to get the box, now it's time to crack it open. Let's see what's inside this little box. You can just dump it out. And you'll see there's a wild assortment of crazy things in this box. Who knows what? I mean, you, let's see, I got, yeah, I got everything out. So there's a lot of uh, odd things in this that you have no idea what they are. But don't worry, I'm going to walk you through every single bit of this. And, uh, and I'll explain it all to you. But for now, just kind of set it aside. Because what I want to do is I want these elements to help you engage with God's Word. But these elements won't make any sense apart from God's Word. So let's go ahead and start in God's Word. If you have your Bible, hopefully you have a copy of it, either physical or get your phone out. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. We're about to read a passage of Scripture that is one of the most known and beloved verses in the entire Bible, Romans 8, 28. And there's a good reason why, because it's a verse that gives us a lot of perspective. Here's what it says, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. And what, what a powerful truth. In fact, you'll notice you have a sticker that says that very thing. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. It's going to be a really important reminder. I want you to put that aside just for a little bit. We'll get back to it. But I, I want you to think about the implications of that verse for a moment. He says, for those who love God, which, by the way, that's the vast majority of you watching this. You wouldn't be watching this unless you had some affection for God. For those who love God, it says all things work together for good. It doesn't say many things or even the majority of things. It says all things. It doesn't say all things except the fact that you lost your job in 2020. It doesn't say all things except for the fact that that relationship went south in 2020. It doesn't say all things except you lost that loved one in 2020. It doesn't say all things except whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you may put in there. It, there's no exceptions. It says all things, every single detail of 2020, God is using to work together for good. This is showing us. Now, this doesn't mean that everything happened as God would want it to happen. There's still sin. There's still rebellion against God. But it means that every detail of 2020 is happening in the way that God would orchestrate to accomplish his perfect will. So let me tell you what that means. That means that God is still on his throne and he hadn't messed up a thing. I think I think sometimes when we think about a year like 2020, it, it's not the way we would have mapped it out. It's not the way we would have planned it. And there are times when we can wrongly assume like, uh oh, God sliced it into the woods. He needs a mulligan. Like, oh, I'm going to try over in 2021 and see if I can do better than I did in 2020. But God doesn't need a do over. This is not a mulligan year for him. God knows exactly what he's doing and he's doing it perfectly. You see, our problem is that we're looking at 2020 with our eyes instead of God's eyes. And when we look at it with our eyes, we can miss what's really taking place because our eyes are not perfect. In fact, I, I want to I help you understand that. So there's, there's two pieces of paper. I don't want you to grab them quite yet. I have them right here. One's red and one's blue. I, I don't want you to grab them because you're going to miss what's going on. I just want you to look at this for a second. So I'm going to put these together, the red one and the blue one. I want you to tell me which one's bigger. You can just say that right there. And I know I can't hear you, but say it. Well, the red one, obviously. Okay, so I'm about to, I'm about to explode your world here. Now which one's bigger? Holy moly, the blue one's bigger. 
some voodoo going on here. Now the red ones, okay, obviously this is not voodoo. This is, this is what's called an optical illusion. So if you put them together, they're actually the exact same size. You can go ahead and grab them. You can do that. You can play with it. And it doesn't matter how many times you flip it over. The optical illusion is that when there's a long side and a short side, it makes the long side look bigger, even though they're the exact same. This right here is what happens with our eyes and our brains. It plays tricks on us from time to time. There are optical illusions. This is what I think is taking place with the year 2020. It is, it is an illusion because we look at the year 2020 and we see nothing but grave, mistake, bad, evil, wrong. We just want to run from it as if it's a complete wash. Nothing good can come from it. But I want to suggest to you that that is an illusion. Our mind is playing tricks on us, telling us that nothing good happened. Our heart is agreeing with it and our emotions say we're so tired. We just want to be done with the year. But it's not true. You want to know how I know it's not true? Because of the promise of this verse right here, it says that for those who love God, all things, including 2020, work together for good. God is doing something good. It's an illusion to believe otherwise. I actually want to suggest to you that God is doing something completely and totally spectacular through 2020. Just most likely it's happening inside you instead of outside you. That's why you can't see it. But I think when you will stop and slow up a little bit and look at the big picture, you'll begin to see the spectacular things God is doing. You just got to remember how brief this life really is. That's where this next thing is going to help us out. So I want you to get your bubbles real quick. I want you to pop it open. You're going to notice there's a lid on there. Listen, I tried to work on this thing for like an hour. I couldn't get it open. I'm going to suggest you get your pen and you just pop a hole in it and then you get your finger and your pen will still work and you just kind of move around the edges so that you can blow the bubble. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to blow a bubble. Before I ask you to blow a bubble though, let me encourage you, get away from your technology. Don't do this right next to your phone or your computer. Don't blow bubbles at your TV. I don't want you sending me a note saying, hey, my computer burned out because I spilled bubbles on it and expect the church to pay for it. So consider yourself warned and consider me not liable. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your wand in there and I want you to blow a bubble. And I want you just to look at these bubbles as they go. These bubbles are beautiful. They're, they're perfectly round. The colors, if the light hits them just right, are, are beautiful colors of different shades. And they're gorgeous if you just watch them. So go ahead and blow a few. Maybe even capture one on your wand and look at it for a little bit. I mean, they're, they're gorgeous bubbles. But if you take a moment and you just blow and you just look at one bubble and you watch it, it's beautiful, but it doesn't last long. That right there, that's a picture, the Bible says, of our lives. Our lives are absolutely beautiful, but they don't last long. In fact, if you were to go back to your Bible, I want to read for you a passage of Scripture. If you go to the book of James, chapter 4, James is a half-brother of Jesus. He talks about the brevity of life. In verse 14, the second half of it, here's what it says. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. That's all we are. We're, we're a little wisp, a little wisp of smoke, a mist here for a moment and then gone. If you were to go over to the book of Job, chapter 7, he says, what am I but, but a breath? If you go over to Psalm 102, Psalm 102 says that my, my days pass away like smoke. Here for one moment, then gone. That's all our life on earth is. We are a little bubble that exists for a moment and then poof, gone. I think it's really important that we maintain this perspective of the brevity of life. Because when we understand that what we do with this little bubble, with this little wisp of smoke, affects all of eternity then it helps us comprehend why we have a year like 2020. 
it helps us endure that. Because if you look at just your life, recognize it's a bubble, it's barely a blip on the map of all of eternity. Then you look at just one year in the whole map of your life, which is absolutely nothing in respect to eternity. And you recognize that what God does in this life prepares us for eternity. All of a sudden it makes a year like 2020 bearable. Because what God is doing is he's forming you through a year like 2020. And this, this affliction, this hardship that we're facing doesn't even compare to the glory that God is doing through us as he fits us for heaven. In fact, this is what the Apostle Paul says. If you go back over here and flip over to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you're going to hear him describe a situation. And it sounds at this first part like Paul is going through a year like we're going through. He's having his own 2020 going on here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Listen to what he says. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I mean, that brother's having a year like you and me. I mean, afflicted, we feel that. Perplexed, absolutely. Persecuted, struck down. Man, this is the kind of year we're having. But he says, I'm all those things. He says, yeah, I'm afflicted, but I'm not crushed. Yeah, I'm perplexed, but I'm not despairing. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And there's a side where you read this going, how? Because if we're facing that kind of year, how are we not to be crushed and, and despairing and forsaken and destroyed? What was the secret? Well, Paul actually gives us a secret when he jumps over to verses 16 through 18. He tells us to look at things differently. He says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So he's saying you, you got to have your eyes in the right place. We don't lose heart. Yeah, we may be suffering affliction, but it's momentary. It's just in this blip of this life. And in, in respect to eternity, it's a light momentary affliction, but it is producing an eternal weight of glory in us. So we don't look around at all the things that we see because those are transient. We look at what's unseen because that's what's eternal. And what he's trying to tell us is that it doesn't even compare. In fact, if you were to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says that, the, uh, Paul says, I, I consider the sufferings of this present world aren't even worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. There's, there's no comparison. Yeah, we have sufferings, but compared to what it's producing in us, compared to what it's accomplishing, man, there's no comparison. And God is saying, change your perspective about what God has been doing in 2020. Because when you get that kind of perspective, all of a sudden it helps you realize God is doing good. In fact, if you were to go back to the book of James and you were to look at chapter one, you realize the good that God is doing. James chapter one, verses two through four. Listen to what it says here. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You think about that. Count it joy, my brothers, when you face trials. He's saying, count it joy when you confront a year like 2020. Why? Because it produces something, steadfastness, so that we're not lacking in anything. What he's trying to say here is that God is doing good in us, not in spite of a year like 2020, but because of a year like 2020. And when we adjust our perspective and see the good that God is doing, all of a sudden we look at 2020 with totally different eyes. We don't look at 2020 and go, man, what a crummy year. I hope I never have a year like that again. We say, man, what a year that God used to transform me. Look at what he did inside of me. He produced inside of me something new. And when we realize that, it can actually bring us joy even in the middle of suffering. That's what the Apostle Paul said. If you go back to Romans 
and you were to look a little bit ahead back in, in chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, listen to what he says, because it's almost counterintuitive. Romans 5, verse 3 says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive. Rejoice in sufferings. And yet this is saying that we have the capacity to rejoice, not because we like sufferings, not because suffering is easy, but because we know what suffering does. It produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. God is transforming us through the hardship that we're experiencing. And when we let God transform us, you know what it does? It makes us utterly invincible. Stop and think about it for a moment with me. So if when you suffer, you can look back and say, I rejoice because God is doing something to form me and to mold me and to transform me and build character in me, then Satan has no more grounds to come against you because one of Satan's main tools is to try to discourage you and he'll bring hardship. Read the book of Job. This is exactly what it does. He'll bring hardship upon you so that you'll lose hope. But when you can look at a year like 2020, even when there's sufferings and say, praise Jesus, he is doing something in me. Then Satan will go, well, fine, then I'll bless you so that you'll give up. And then we go, praise Jesus, I have blessing coming my way. So it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us. If he throws blessings, we rejoice in that. If he throws sufferings, we rejoice in that. And Satan can no longer come against us. Why? Because we've learned that God causes everything to work together for good. This is the perspective that God wants us to have. And, and, and I, think, I think one of the main reasons why we don't have this perspective it's we just haven't stopped to see all the good things that God is doing in us. And if we're honest, we spend most of our time praying for God to fix all our problems. We, start, we stop looking to see how God is actually using our problems to fix us. And that's where I think we need to change. And so I, I want us to do a little exercise. I, I want us to, to take a little bit of time to, to do some journaling, some writing, to help us reflect, to see not how God can solve our problems, but how God can use our problems to solve us and to fix us. And that's what this little spiral here is for. So again, if you weren't able to get a box, make sure you have pen and paper handy because we're going to take a few moments and we're going to write a few things down. And so there are four questions that I want you to, to write answers to in this little booklet. But, but know this, uh, there, this is going to require you to give some thought in, in this. And, and if you have little kids there with you, could be distracting. You may want to put those little kids somewhere else so they can, they can have a game to play or something to watch so that you can be focused on this assignment because I think God can do some really great things in it. So get your pen and that you have, your nice little Fielder Church pen you keep with you. Get your little, your little booklet, notepad out. Write your, your name up at the top. I'm writing Jason Paredes. That's me, not you. So don't write that. Write your name. And then write the date. Uh, you know, it's the 27th of December, 2020. And then I'm going to ask you a question. I suggest you write down the question uh, at the top of it. And then you're going to spend, you're going to see there's going to be a countdown clock before you get a couple of minutes on each one of these, these four questions, just to start scribbling some thoughts down as the Lord hits you. So here's the first question I want you to write down. You'll see it right there on your screen. What has been your biggest disappointment or the most painful part of 2020? What I want to do with this question is I want us to wrestle with the painful reality that 2020 has been. I don't want to sweep anything under the rug. Absolutely, there's been some difficult parts of 2020. And let's just get that out there. There have been some disappointments. There have been some pains in 2020. So just stop for a moment. Write one, two, three things down. Jot some notes down on the paper that have been the most disappointing aspects of 2020, the biggest pains that you've had this year. 
Take a couple minutes to do that and then we'll move on to the next question. All right, hopefully, hopefully you've had a chance to answer that. You may need some more time, uh, and if you do, hopefully you wrote down the question. You can spend some more time later, or you can keep going right now. I'm going to keep spewing out the next few questions. You can always go back and review the service and get the questions, but for, for those who have finished, I'm going to move on to the next one here. Question number two that I want you to write down at the top of the, either the next page or so. What did God teach you or do in you this past year? What did God teach you or do in you in 2020. I think for many of you, you're going to discover that the thing you just wrote before, the biggest disappointment or the most painful part of the year will be the very thing that God used to teach you or to transform you, to do something in you. Now, maybe it's something different, but I know there are things in 2020 that God has done in you and that God is teaching you about himself or about yourself. So I want you to take just a couple minutes and I want you to write down what are some of the lessons God has given you? What are some of the ways God has transformed you? Take a few moments and write down a few thoughts. Hopefully with that, you've been able to see that God has been doing some things in you. It hasn't been wasted, even the hardship. But now I want to move to a more positive note in question number three to help us think through what, what God has been tangibly already doing. So here's question number three. I want you to write down at the top of the next page. What is something God did in 2020 that pleasantly surprised you? What is something that God did? I know God did some good things in 2020. Maybe sometimes it's hard to remember because they were too few and far in between, but there were good things that God did in 2020. And so I want you to stop for a moment and reflect on those things. There are some things that he did that maybe surprised you or shocked you in a good way. So what are some things that happened in 2020 that, that God did that pleasantly surprised you? Take a couple minutes, and write those down. All right, now we're going to come into the last question. We're getting here toward the, the finish line of this message, but... Before I have you answer the fourth question, I want to make sure you do it from the right perspective. Because remember, perspective is everything. So here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember God is good. I want you to remember what we've already learned, that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I want you to remember that God doesn't waste a moment. I want you to remember that some of God's greatest work is inside you as he transforms you. I want you to remember that everything he's doing is to fit you for heaven. And the sufferings of this present world are preparing you for a glory so much greater. And I want you to remember that God is the God of the impossible. So with all those thoughts floating around in your mind, here's the fourth question I want you to write down so that you can spend the next couple of minutes answering. Here's what it is. What do you hope for, need, or want God to do in your life in 2021? So now we're looking to the next year saying, well, what are the things that we, we really hope God does, but, but not not just in ways of provision or job, specifically in your life. That's what I want you to, to drill in on. I mean, what do you hope for in your life? What, what do you need in your life? What do you want God to do in your life in the year 2021? Here's a chance for us to, to deal with expectation. And I believe if you remember who God is, you can have some beautiful expectations of God to do, to work in your life, to fit you for heaven. So take just a couple of minutes. And write down some thoughts that come to your mind, things that you hope for, want, or need in 2021 for God to do in your life specifically. Take a few moments. Well, I hope that you had a chance to really reflect and to think about all the good things that God has been doing, the way he's been using this past year to transform you so that he can use you and fit you for heaven. Now, listen, I, I want you to keep this little booklet and it's it's small for a reason, not just so it fits in that box, but so it fits in your back pocket or in your shirt pocket or wherever you need to take this with you, because I want you to have a habit that you develop 
of just recording the ways that you're learning more about God, the ways that you're seeing God move, even as you go through hardship, how you can interpret it, even in that moment of suffering, how God is producing endurance and character and hope inside of you. And you can use this little journal as a means of recording these real time as they take place. And maybe even question number four, these things that you hope for throughout the year, you may see God begin to answer some of these and you can record your thoughts and marvel at the ways that God answers when we ask him to move and we, we look to him for our source of strength. So I want this to be a tool that you utilize for the entire year and beyond. But listen, I also want to forewarn you, as the year goes on, there's a good chance that this message will grow fainter and fainter in your mind. And this excitement that God is going to use everything for your good will grow harder and harder to maintain. And that's what this sticker right here is all about. So this sticker is intended to be a constant reminder so that the, your faith in this truth doesn't wane over the years. To remind you that if you love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So here's what I want you to do with this sticker. I want you to find a place where you can adhere this sticker that you will see it pretty much every single day of your year and, and beyond. So, you know, for many of you, you can stick it to your mirror where you brush your teeth. Hopefully you brush your teeth every single day. If you don't start that in 2021, it'll be a great habit. But put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Maybe for you, you, you do your quiet time every single day and you can put it right there where you do your quiet time. Maybe you want to put it somewhere at work where you see it most every day and other people can see it. Put it on, on a, a windshield, I don't know, somewhere where you're going to see it every single day to remind you of this truth because it's going to get harder and harder as things get difficult in the next year for you to remember this. And it's going to be a constant reminder to look back and look to God to see what he's doing. Also, it'll allow you to memorize it so that you can guard it in your heart. I, I hope that you're able to use this as a tool to give you scope for the entire year. But let me go ahead and forewarn you. This promise has no power unless you first believe in this promise. So if you get, grab that little hourglass looking thing, this is the Lord's Supper that we wanted to give you. It's a special little one here. It's got the bread on one side and it's got the cup, the juice on the other side. And this is intended to be a reminder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to finish our time today taking this reminder. But this reminder right here is what gives power to this truth. Let me explain what I mean. So if you're going to take this idea, this concept that God can use anything for good, that all things really do work together for good, you won't believe that until you come to faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel message is that God was able to take the torture and murder of his perfect son and use that not only for the redemption of humanity, but for the crushing of the head of Satan himself. And if God could use something that ugly to produce something so beautiful, then it's true. God really can cause all things to work together for good. It's our belief in the gospel that allows us to believe this promise to be true. So let me say this, if you haven't yet come to faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, this sticker has got no power for you. You gotta come to faith in Jesus first. The Bible tells us very clearly what that means. It means we don't trust in our own capacity to save ourselves. We don't look to our own righteousness. It means that we confess that we are not righteous. We are broken sinners. But praise God, Jesus was willing to take on flesh and die on a cross to pay the penalty of our sins. And that's what that bread is going to symbolize. And then that, that cup symbolizes the fact that his blood was shed so that our sins could be dealt with forevermore and we could be righteous before Almighty God. And the promise is we have eternal life and we can't mess it up. And let me tell you why that matters. We can endure anything on this earth if we know our eternity is secure. 
And we can view every single aspect of this world as preparation for eternity, no matter how hard it may be. So listen, I want you to know today may be the day you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ because that'll be the turning point of your life. Wouldn't it be amazing if in the last few days of 2020, if it was the time where you were able to say 2020 wasn't the worst year of your life, 2020 wasn't a year you want to forget. 2020 was a year, though it was hard, that God used to grab your attention so that you could come to faith in Jesus Christ. And when you look back at 2020, you'll be looking back and say, that was the hinge point of my life. That was when God prepared me for eternity and changed my very eternal destiny. What a way to review the end of this year. There may be some of you watching this, and that's the step you need to take. If it's you, Listen, we want to connect with you. We want to help you enter into eternity. We want to help you enter into faith and salvation in Christ Jesus. Here's how we can do that. You can grab your phone and you can text the word next step to 94253. You're going to get a link to a website. You can go directly to the website by going to fielder.org slash next step. And there's a, a brief form you fill out that lets us pastors know that God is working in your heart and that you're ready to follow Christ or you want to know more about what that means. And listen, I know it's Christmas break. We're not meeting in the office, but a pastor is ready. We're ready to call, reach out to you and help you take that step of faith. But we want this to be the year of your salvation. 2020, the greatest year, the turning point of your life. I pray you'll let it be so. Listen, I also know there are many of you, you're already believers in Jesus. And so we're going to end with a special time of taking the Lord's Supper, but I'm not going to lead you in it. You're going to be able to do it in just a moment. We're going to have promptings that are going to come on that are going to walk you through it. And so if you are a believer, now this is only for those who are believers in Jesus Christ. If you're not a believer in Jesus, don't take the elements. They have no power. It's a symbol of faith. But I'd ask you to hold on to this and pray for the day that you can take these elements as a believer. Pray that God would move in your heart that way, maybe even in this next year. But this is going to be for those who are believers. In a moment, I'm going to ask somebody to be the spiritual leader, preferably if it's the, the husband, the fathers, you can walk through the promptings and read the scriptures that are going to come up on the screen in a moment. Or just somebody who's willing to take that role of leadership can walk through that and you're going to be prompted on how to read, how to pray and how to take the elements. And then when that time is over, you're going to be sent about your week to serve God and to celebrate the, the eternal life that he's given those of us who believe in him. Guys, I'm praying though. At the close of this year, as we march into the next year, we do it with the right perspective. Our hope fixed on Him and not anything else. I'm going to pray for you guys, and then I'm going to leave you to take the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. God, thank you for this promise of hope and of life. Thank you, God, that you love us and that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. And thank you that our eyes can be taken off of uh, short-sightedness, God, and we can remember this life is brief. And sometimes it's hard, but you're using every bit of the hardship, God, to do something in us. And so we're not going to let that illusion fool us any longer, God. We're going to look to the gospel of Jesus Christ to remind us that you can take all things and work them for good. Our faith is in you because we love you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.